When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Riley, there was a big uh, big story on your platform, the AFL website, during the week. Alistair Clarkson's looming return to life at North Melbourne at Arn Street. Now, that was confirmed by the club yesterday when the Kangaroos said that uh, Clarko would begin his, what they're calling a transition back into the role of senior coach. Next week, it'll see him spend a month sort of integrating back into the program but in terms of actually coaching the team at some point later on the end of the season. So um, we'd long wondered when, mm. where and how, but that's been laid out now by North Melbourne. Yeah, so Damien Barrett reporting on AFL.com.au earlier this week that he'll he'll play, he'll coach again, sorry, this year in a, in a senior role and in a full-time capacity. But over the next fortnight, he'll sort, sort of start to transition back into the role on a part-time basis. Brett Ratton will continue leading the team on game day. You've said during the week that he'll take a couple of days from home and work from home for a couple of days, Clarko, throughout the week. So, uh, yeah, he'll be back in the box. And I think we've expected it. There was probably times over the last month where we, we did wonder whether or not he would come back this year, if at all. But now we know he'll be back in. Uh, it's probably good for the playing group as well. I, I interviewed Cam Zerhar and Griffin Logue earlier this week who, who talk, talked about the, the continuity and the, the clarity and, and not knowing and, and the confusion around that. So now it's probably... It's good for the playing group, the young players coming back into the team, that they'll, they've got that clarity now. They've got that, that confirmation that he will come back in at some basis this year. I think it's a great sign, the fact that he feels good enough to go back into the North Melbourne Football Club. I think the stuff that I don't think he'll rush into is going back into the main coach's seat because of the stress that he was in last time. And, and you could tell that how much... He mentioned it once he, once he stepped away that he was putting on a, almost like a fake face trying to show that everything was okay while he still had the stress of coaching a, a, an AFL team while he had so much going on behind the scenes. So it's great to see that he's in, in the mindset to step back into the, into the club. But before he actually sits in that main seat, I think that will still be a little while away. What was your read of it, Kingy? Well, I think you had to get an answer if you're North Melbourne. At some point, you need to know, what are we doing? When are you coming back? Are you coming back this year? Are you going to be right to go in 2024? You need to get a guide from Alistair as to where it all sits. And it wouldn't have shocked me either way if he said, look, I'm not sure if I'm ready to come back. I'm not sure if this is what I want to do. That that wouldn't have surprised me, Mm. given the pressure of the situation and what this guy's done for 30 years. So decisions all his, obviously. But the North Melbourne Footy Club has to get on with business at some point. So contingency planning, if it had dragged on too much longer? Well, I think so. I mean, logic says, if Clarko said, look, I'm not sure about next year, right? Let's just say that he said that. Mm. Then you've got, to, you've got to start to look at what the club looks like in 24, mm. if that's the case. And, you know, Damien Harwick sitting on the sidelines, do you need to have a conversation with him before other clubs get busy and get active? Do you need to know there's, there, is a, there is a plan? There is a map if, if Alistair isn't coming back. I'm thrilled that he is. I think they're doing it really well in terms of transitioning him back in. It's not 100% you know, from zero to 100 in two seconds. There's a gradual build. Um, but let, let's be honest, the club's lost 10 in a row. So it's time, it's time to start stepping forward and getting rolling and, and getting back on board because uh, it's been a long time since they've sung the song. And the players as well. I mean, there are players there that have had six senior coaches in five years on the list. 
well, as you mentioned, needing to know in 2024 who's going to be the coach because you sort of owe it to the players a little bit in that sense as well. Mm. So the realities of the situation, though, while we all wish Alistair oh, Clarkson well and it's great what they're doing, actually really good that he eases his way back into it. Mm. The realities of a professional organisation and a professional sport are that, you know, in the end you have to contingency plan, don't you, Key? To, you to, to, to protect yourself as much as anything. Yeah, so it's been handled really well. From a really sticky situation that's come from none of the Kangaroos footy clubs are doing, really. Um, so they've just got to know where they're going and what they're doing. And I understand the conversation around the, the six coach and all that sort of stuff. It's been a, it's been a terrible um, five, six years. But you just need to know, is Alistair part of the, step, of the process forward? Thrilled that he is. And let's hope we get him back to his absolute peak health and, and the best version of Alistair that you can get in 2023. President Sonia Hood, we are pleased that Alistair's been able to get the support he needs. We had some really good dialogue with Alistair and we are all comfortable he's ready to make a return into the football department ahead of getting back in the senior coach's chair later this season. In the meantime, Brett Ratton and the rest of the coaching group will continue to lead and develop the playing group. That was a confirmation from North Melbourne yesterday. Hey, I wanted to talk to you guys about something that we've debated a little bit that happens on field, and it's certainly very much um, accepted and adopted by a lot of players out on the field at the moment. But Jason Dunstall said this uh, on uh, on Fox Footy on Thursday night. There's something that's uh, become very prevalent in our game now that I genuinely don't like. Now, the NFL, and we're all NFL fans... They have a taunting rule. So if you stand over a player after a play or if you get in their face and, and you carry on like a tool, you cop a penalty straight away and you can get ejected from the game. We need to stop taunting in the AFL. I'm going to show you an example of Eric Hipwood. And this isn't a go at Eric because every player is doing this. Instead of celebrating a teammate taking a good mark, keep your eye on Eric Hipwood. So he's going to go to Noah Bolzer, the opponent. I mean, look at that. Is that getting in your private space? Why on earth do we have to put up with crap like that? Seriously. And I, I just want the players to be better. Go and celebrate the positive. Pat your mate Joe Danaher on the back for taking a great mark. Don't get in the face of his opponent. You deserve to get chinned for that. And we don't want to see that coming into the game. But you're invading another person's personal space. We've got to get on top of this. And the rule makers need to intervene. A passionate Jason Dunstall there on back on Thursday. Night. Hodgie, I'll tell you what, we Did might have more rules in our game than any other out there. But should we introduce another one? Did he forget that his teammate ran through the huddle of the Essendon Football Club? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't reckon that was taunting back then. <laughs> but, hey, Dodgy, I, I think he would have been happy for him to get life for doing that. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. You sit back and you watch stuff like that. And, look, I can understand why players do do it. If, if they're trying to get under the skin to try and get their focus off their role they're trying to do, whether it's a tag or whether it's a key defender. Uh, the, the taunting part that I hate the most, which I see come that comes into kids' football these days, is when someone tackles, gets done holding the ball, and they stand up and have mm. to shove the bloke into the ground. I, I sit back and go, what, what benefit do you get out of that? And, and it does. It, it, it creeps in whatever the kids see the senior players do on a weekend. It creeps into the kids' sport. So if they did do a, did a, a taunting thing like that, I don't mind it. It, it, it has worked in other sports. Sometimes they go a little bit over the top with the with the punishment for it, but I don't mind the idea of it. It's funny, Tom Stewart gave um, the lizard, Nick Blakey, a bit of a shove last night after he crunched him in that tackle, and I thought he realised, oh, no, yeah, I'll no, push he, another he, injured he, player. He, he covered his backside and just sort of show the umpire. He's, got, he's a little what bit hurt, so what I, I thought he covered himself pretty well there. This, um, this taunting rule's a ripper. I think Jason, when he, when he actually is is onto something and, and mm. is invested, oh, he beelined it. Didn't he? Yeah, he did, and and when he's like in that mood, he's he's always correct. 
Always 100% spot on. <laughs> yes, when he's when he's passionate about something, he more often than not he wants to muck around and, and sort of have a bit of fun, and which we love. But when he's when he's on, I, I think this taunting rule is something the AFL should look at. And I actually even think I'd nearly mount a case for the chief to take up the vacancy of the <laughs> AFL. Get the chief on board. If you can get him out of bed before 11 a.m., there'll be no decisions made before lunch. But if you can get him, if you can get him out of bed early and rolling, he'd be a ripper. It, that does sound funny, but he was interim CEO of the Hawthorne Football Club back it's in 2004. Not. He is a highly, highly. I know he doesn't seem like it. He's a highly educated man. He's a star. And he was he was studying to be a lawyer. Riley, you work, you work down there. Sorry, Hodgie. Is yeah. there any whiff at all that they might look at this coming into Any sort of sniff that you have? A chase and dunce to No. <laughs> <laughs> not at the chief. Vote one for the chief. Not vote one for Jason. Vote one for the chief. No, but I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> I, I, I think it is something they probably will look at because, uh, I mean, it is not something that you want infiltrating the, the junior systems, which is what Hodgie spoke about there. Mm. Uh, and they often make rules... That are that are finding their way into the junior pathways, and that's why they, that's why they, they predicate the rules on the back of that. So I wonder if they look at it. What's what's the punishment though, Kingy? I mean, is it free a kick. fine? Is it do you do reverse the free kick? Fifty meter penalty. You give away a fifty meter penalty, and I guarantee the coach has a word to the next break. And a fine as, Do you get a fine as well? Just, 50, flat? just free kick and but fifty. It, so free kick and fifty. Or reverse the reverse the free kick or mark. If it, mm. it's generally done after a mark and a shot at goal. Yeah. So you'd lose the opportunity to have the shot at goal. I yeah. just hope it would be if if they do bring and in it doesn't go the way of the staging rule, which came in to much fanfare, now yeah. almost non-existent. I mean, I don't know what you have to do to be penalised for staging these days, but it would have to be something and severe. I also hope they don't bring it in to the extent of what we've seen in the NFL, where you can stare at a bloke for half a second and it becomes a taunting penalty. Like, you have to have some really clear parameters around what it looks like, because then... Well, tool bag was the <laughs> parameters that Jason used. Don't being like a tool. A tool. <laughs> so, I think that if you clap in someone's face like Eric yeah. did, or go up and just push the shove. The shove after you've tackled yeah. someone back into the ground, as Hodgie mentioned, that's that's the worst one, I think. Is that what about the hair ruffle? That upsets a few. The old it hair ruffle. A lot. It's happening to key defenders when they've been outmarked. That's the one that Jason's talking about. What about the laugh? Do you, do you give it for something as, as I'm not sure uh, about the laugh. Really the laugh. The laugh fits, but I'm just thinking that in the face. <laughs> We're easily clapping. offended, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not worried about the laugh. Well, that's, so what, that's what they've given it for in the NFL. They they, they give flags for that now. I think that's the thing. That's that's where we don't want it to go too far. Mm. It's the stuff where it's it's been a smart aleck. It's clapping in their face. It's pushing them into the ground. It's ruffling their hair. Exactly. It's giving them a pat on the back. Anything there that's unnecessary is where you sit back and go, does it look good for the game? If someone's sitting there laughing or just smirking on the face, it might be because they're two mates and one of them outmarked the other. It's it's when it pushes that extra part. As as Jay says, it, it sort of takes it away from... So the Joey Danaher great mark, great goal is now to be spoken about because mm. Hipwood's clapping in yeah. the opponent's face. So bottom, it, bottom line is, Hodgie, chief for chief. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it on bumper stickers yeah, as the week's unfold. No doubt about that. And I'm glad Riley asked if you did, if you did that, Riley. So you're all over it. Hey, up West Coast, I'm not sure what more can be said other than the fact that their season lurches from bad to worse on a weekly basis now, Hodgie. Uh, a just a disaster, an absolute horror show against the Sydney Swans last week. More injuries to add to the never-ending injury list as well. More conversations to be had around the future of the coach, Adam Simpson, and those around him. We've seen the change already made in the, in the strength and conditioning department. I mean, how are we to read the remainder of this season from a West Coast perspective? 
Uh, this is where players need to start to stand up. The leadership group need to start to stand up and start from the, the foundations and build it back up. What do you stand for as players? Go back to the basics. All those little things that when a new coach comes in, you start from the bottom and build itself back up because effectively that's where they're at. They're going to get... Well, it's either they're going to be number one or number two pick, uh, depending on what North and, and them do towards the end of the season. Um, yes, they will get a lot of senior players back. Everyone's sort of thrown it at Simo. I'm a little bit easier on Simo because of the injury list that, that they've had this year. Um, yes, they've made some changes with the strength and conditioning coach. Clearly, because of his contract, because of the soft cap, that's not going to happen unless they make a few big changes. But I, I feel if he's going to stay there, th- throw support behind him, it's got to start from the nitty-gritty stuff that they clearly let go. Some of the stuff, some of the off-ball stuff that the senior players are doing is just not up to scratch. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't allow a top four, top eight team would not allow players, especially senior players, to do that. So that's what they need to hone in on. Yeah. This new draft they coming in, whether they get Reid or whether they get someone else, they need to start with high mm-hmm. expectations of one another and high standards. Yeah. There's no consequence at the moment, though, for poor performance. There's just no one to, to bring in. So Elliot Yo, the latest big name to be injured, and there'll be a watch as well on potentially some late outs ahead of Sunday as well. Kingy, what do you see them doing from here on out in terms of Adam Simpson, who is in for the long haul contractually, do you anticipate there to be more changes around the coach, though, at a minimum? Yeah, there'll be change. There's always change. When your club's going like this, there'll be change and drastic change. Mm. Um, I personally don't think it involves the coach. I think that they've been on the same page. In terms of what, what is likely to happen now, it, it gets to a point where you can't wear 100-plus point losses and you can't stack them together in a short space of time. 171 is a number you can't accept as a footy club. So in the end, if they perform so poorly, he will pay a price. But I, I, I don't see him vacating the role at the end of the year just because they are losing games of football. Unless he makes a decision himself. Which he can always think, he can always make the decision, but we don't anticipate that. I mean, everything you said suggests the exact opposite of that. So we assume he's he, in for long. He, he is a believer in his own abilities, Hodgie. You know him as a, as a senior AFL coach. He's been to the promised land. He's shown the path to a premiership. He believes he can rebuild this club and take them back there. Now, these people think differently to us, and they're in the cauldron of clubland. It's a different environment in there, and sometimes you can't see. The forest for the trees. So I just think he has a 100% belief in his own capabilities, and until he's told otherwise, he'll just roll on. And, and this this is where he, when when coach coaches have success with senior players, sometimes they sort of give them a little bit of leeway, give them a little bit of trust to sort of go about things how they want. This is the time where he can rein in. And we'll talk about the senior players reining in. This is where, as a coach, you can rein in. Because of the performance over the last two or three years, he can get a little bit more firmer. He can start questioning a little bit of the, the tactics or, or the structures that some of the players are doing because clearly what they're doing at the moment isn't working. And yes, you can look at different things of injuries and whatnot, but this is where they can be a little bit more firm and start to build for the future. Riley, with their draft this year, which is yeah. going to be such a fascinating watch, I mean, does their position make it just unfathomable that they're going to hold one? I mean, if they do get one, surely they're going to trade it out for multiple picks. And I, and I say that because of the lack of young talent, the, the decorated but the badly injury-prone veterans who are yeah. contracted and clogging the list. We know we know the state of the list over there. But do they trade? Like they trade a pick two last year, so it's not mm. unfathomable, surely, to suggest that they would look to get multiple talent in. There's a couple of WA types as well in, in this year's pool. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a fascinating one to see how it plays out in the next little bit because, as you mentioned, they traded pick two for 
two first-round picks last year. So they've got a track record of doing that now. And it's the easiest way to get young talent into the football club is if you split your picks later into the draft. I mean, they would have had scouts at the Wacker last night where WA played Vic Country. They would have got their first really up-close and personal look at Harley Reid, who had 26 touches and two goals and just dominated from the midfield. So that would have given them plenty to ponder. But... From the other side, I mean, as you mentioned, there are a couple of really talented young West Australian prospects. Daniel Curtin was in action last night, who's a likely top five pick, and he's a really interesting prospect because he's 195 centimetres. He's a key back. He's been mm. playing key defence throughout the entirety of this season at waffle level. But then the last couple of champs games, he goes through the midfield, and he plays in the midfield last night and finishes with 23 touches and a goal. So whether or not they think, right, we can split this pick again. If a club comes to them, and we've seen some of the teams that are going to have packages for it, we look at sides like Melbourne, and GWS and Carlton who might have multiple first round picks both this year and in the future if you think to yourself right we can get Harley Reid with pick one or we can get Daniel Curtin and maybe in two or th- one, one or two mm. more top ten picks in addition to that I mean, I mean history is littered with this how often do we talk about Port Adelaide's draft Rosie Butters yeah. you know um, Dersma and then we speak about Hawthorne's going back further we speak about Gold Coast couple North of Melbourne drafts. last year was she's North Melbourne. Melbourne. changes the complete outlook of a football 100% club. Hodgie Riley, drink. so at the moment, if the season finished how it is and they've got the number one pick, they've got mm. picks 1, 19, 30, and then they've got a 38 and a 55. So they've got two seconds, two thirds. Could they turn a, a 1 and 19 into three top 15s or would they have to throw in a, a 30 or a 36, whatever it is? No, could, cl- they, could they turn the 1 and 19 into three top 15s? Yeah, I definitely think they could. I mean, clubs have already had discussions around what it would look like to trade into pick one. We had Jason McCartney on our show on AFL.com.au earlier this month on Gettable, and he mentioned that they've already had discussions internally at the Giants around what it would look like to trade up to to pick one. And and they're going to be an interesting club because they're probably going to have a top six pick themselves. They're going to have another top ten pick in the sense that they've got Richmond's future future first for Jacob Hopper last year, and they've got a future first-round pick. So I, I think clubs are looking at it, and I think West Coast, to look at it and think three firsts will be a minimum. Whether or not you include pick 19 in that as well, it's just another interesting component to it. But I think you could get two, oh, sorry, three f- top 15 picks for those selections that you just mentioned. Riley, you, you've obviously you. looked at you've looked at Harley better than what we have. If you were West Coast's recruiter, would you try and go the top 10 or would you go Harley is a clear standout. He's a bloke who we can turn this football club back around. We will take him as the number one pick if that was your decision. Well, this is where you can't lose, Hodgie, because you can get... No, get off the fence, (laughs) Riley. Get off the fence. You have got the number one pick. What do you do? What are you doing? The game has looked almost too easy for Harley Reid at junior level this year. He could have been one that could have been playing AFL this year, I think. I don't know because of the sense that I don't know if he's going to stay in Perth long term. And that's got to be a factor in their thinking for this. If I was a big Victorian club, there's absolutely no way I'd be trading it. At the moment, because right. I know he's, I know he's staying in Melbourne. So if he guarantees that he stays in West Coast for the duration of his career, I'd, be, you're taking I'd just be taking him. Yeah. I think you can, you can overcomplicate it a little bit. You know, you're going to get a really good player with pick one. And and this is the thing with West Coast. They've been a side that traditionally and historically have taken Victorian prospects and taken Eastern Seaboard prospects and kept them at mm. the club. So why wouldn't they back themselves in to, to say, hey, we, we believe we've got a culture here that's going to be sustainable for Harley Reid to play the next 10, 15 years of his footy career at our football club? West Coast in Eagles the pa- footy in the club. Past, sorry, King, in the past, there's been a lot of players that have said, oh, I won't travel in a state. Has Harley given any indication that he's not a fan of moving to, to WA or no, he wants to yet. stay in Victoria? No. I think he's open-minded. Looked pretty happy okay. the other night on his Insta. We'll continue this conversation. But up next, though, we're going to talk the Western Bulldogs. They get us started shortly for round 16 on a Saturday. And meet Baines to join us.